0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be. Helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. I think that the ego will not be able to deconstruct or let go or surrender if you can't honor all of the good of it you know what you resist persists our egos are what have gotten us to where we are today and they will not get us where we want to go tomorrow hi it's joseph and thanks for tuning in to manage to engage the podcast from clear the ego gets a bad rap but it's essential to both our personal and societal development. So let's have some gratitude for and acknowledge the good that our egos bring, not often appreciated. Our egos got us where we are today, but we also need to understand that they will not get us where we want to go tomorrow, both as individuals and as a species. There's a final stage of maturation that many people never see, maturing beyond the ego but it isn't talked about in any mainstream kind of common way. So even if this is your first introduction to the concept, you're probably ahead of the curve just by listening to this episode. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks very much for listening. Let's start the show. Any requests for today? I thought we'd talk about maturing out of ego. We could also talk about pistachios. (laughs) Maturing out of ego sounds sounds just along the lines of what I'd like. And that that meditation, Joseph, was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. The surrender was really, really wonderful. Yeah, well, it sort of fits with... That's uh, sort of what I do these days on Tuesdays. I have a... Well, it's sort of a figure eight. Sometimes I have an idea of what to talk about, and then the meditation is sort of a experience mm-hmm. of sort of backing into it. And other times I have no idea what we're going to talk about and I just let the meditation tell me. This time I had I've been thinking a lot about maturing out of ego and the um the trickiness of it. You know, it's of course I didn't invent the idea, but it very much fits the Thrival to Flow movement, which is very much up for both of you, I would say. And um how tricky it is in our conditioning because so much of maturation, the way it's held for us, is really about the polishing of the ego. You know it's, um, the teenage phase, you know, begins at 13 or so and lasts however, however long it lasts, doesn't end at 20. If only that were the case, we would have a really different world. But you know the, the development of the ego is a necessary phase. Of consciousness and, you know, the ego in many models gets quite vilified. And, uh, it's a long story why that's not helpful and accurate. But the short version of it is, is that the, the light side of the ego, you guys know what the light side of the ego is? Why? What is the healthy aspect of ego? Why do we have it? Right. If it's such, if it's so problematic, why is it there in the first place? Something about being in our being experiencing being human in the mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's the headline of it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, infants are swimming in what's called in some forms of psychology the the uroboros, this undifferentiated sort of sea, right? They are their feelings, they are their environment. They don't distinguish, they don't have an eye, right? They don't distinguish between themselves and others. And so their agency in the world, their, their personal power is quite low. Right? You can't really carve your way through the world, take care of yourself, be responsible, make things happen, if you don't have a differentiated sense of I. Right? So we need to learn where we end and other people begin. Now, this sounds obvious in one way, like, of course, but can you imagine if you never developed a sense of separate self, right? What what would that even look like? If if you confused, and some people do, it's not, you know, depending on personality type and all that. Sometimes, you know, Enneagram nines, for example, are famous for uh, uh, having difficulty distinguishing, distinguishing between their feelings and other people's feelings. Imagine if that were like a hundred times more difficult. That would be very confusing, you know. If you felt hunger and it was actually the person standing next to you who was hungry, right? <laughs> Imagine it would be chaos, right? You, oh, I think I'm, I think I need to sleep, you just woke up. Oh no, that's the person next to me on the bus, <laughs> right? So we need to develop this se- sense of separate self, and that sense of separate self begins, you know, between the ages of like three and five. And continues for like the next 15 years, right? The teenage years, the rebellion is a lot about pushing away. Well, I don't necessarily agree with mom and dad. And here's what I think. And there's all this creation of independence and 20s. There's a lot of experimentation. Quite a lot of our lives is contexted by and driven by this need for individuality. And that's a good thing. But for most people, it never ends because the the shadow side of the ego turns that project into a kind of holy grail. Well, I must become more individual. I must become more free. The path to my salvation, my liberation is somehow has to do with me achieving my goals Getting what I need. And so all of that is based in the truth that began at, you know, age three, four, five. But it's like a cycle that never realized it needed to complete, like a booster rocket that never realized it had gotten from A to B and couldn't get the rocket from B to C, but keeps trying. See, so if you see. That the ego, the sense of separate self as a necessary phase, a necessary and healthy phase of development, just like crawling, you know, Mm -hmm. but a 28 year old person who's still crawling around, you would be like, well, I get that that at one point in your life, crawling was really the best thing for you, but I'm not so sure it's serving you anymore, right? Or, you know, liquid food. <laughs> right? Maybe there's someone in the world who just never developed a taste for solid food. They just wanted to stay on the nipple, you know, in whatever way and just wanted it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see the good thing about chewing. It's so much easier to have it sort of pre-digested. Right? We look at all these things, even sexual experimentation, drug experimentation, uh, you know, uh irresponsibility experimentation we look at these things and we see like okay these are reasonable you know a teenager needs to screw up and to learn about the uh consequence of the consequences of their actions you know i'm thinking about like the extreme weather there's been a lot of it california is getting crazy amounts of rain lots and lots of it has gotten like three quarters of the of the 2019's normal rain already and it's not even the end of february Here in Maui, we had three inches of snow on Haleakala, which still sticking, like snowing up there. Okay, that happens every once in a while, but staying for multiple days, that's bizarre. And just thinking how, how teenage it is for we as a species to be trying to solve the climate change problem at the last minute. You know, I mean, it's really, in context, it's no different than staying up all night to get the homework done. You know, like that's, that's where it is. Like we've known the assignment has been due for like 20 years, right? The climate science has been coming in for a long time, decades, warnings, all the way back to, I think, Jimmy Carter, right? We've had data since then. Now I'll do it. I'll handle it later. We'll handle it later. We'll handle it later. we will handle it later. I'll, and then suddenly, oh, it's due tomorrow. Might be too late. I mean, that's really like where it's at. The entire species, perhaps we can't absolutely know, but it's like that's how bad it's, ha- it's having to get. We're having to actually feel the deadline. It's almost like we're having to walk in the classroom and have the teacher say, Where's your homework? <laughs> that's how tight we're playing it. And that's entirely teenage, right? That's that's an immature form of behavior. It's knowing something needs to be done and sort of wrestling, well, well, maybe it's not really true. Maybe the data is not true. Maybe, maybe. And even if it's not true, right? We already know there's a finite amount of oil. So it's just a resistance to change, right? It's a stubbornness. Even if humans aren't affecting climate change at all, which is of course possible, maybe the correlation is not causation. Right. But still, that's the thing that's like, and it's again, it's a teenage thing to be even having the argument. Well, I don't believe that human beings are causing climate change. Okay. Well, is there an infinite amount of oil? Of course not. It's not an infinite amount of anything on this planet. Right. So why don't we look at alternative forms of energy? Well, because it's a Chinese hoax trying, to you know, like it's just, you see how immature the whole conversation is, right? And so anywhere you look in our world, you can see that kind of egotistical behavior. And egotistical usually means self-centered, but not necessarily immature behavior, right? So the challenge for the species is to realize that there's still, and for, you know, as a species as a whole, and then of course each of us as individuals to ask that question, where are we still stuck In a necessary but less mature phase of development. And if you frame whatever personal issues you have, business challenges, whatever those challenges are, what if you were to frame it as this is pain that is pointing to an aspect of ego that is holding on to being ego? You know, like, i think often of uh i had a friend of a friend who uh was a general counsel in a you know big san francisco company and was sharing a toothbrush with her 14 year old daughter right there's a fa- there's a phase of development not exceeded there you know there's just there's like mm, i could see sharing a toothbrush with a kid at a certain age sort of like sharing a bed, right? But at a certain point, it starts to kind of feel a little weird. And you'd immediately wonder, like, what else is going on in the relationship between mother and daughter that is stagnative, fights they have, conflicts they have, I would imagine a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you, if you just frame... And, and the tricky thing about maturing out of ego is it's not a doing, right? Because the ego development is very much a doing. It's a constructive process. It's a, here's what I believe. Okay, here are my beliefs. These are my values. Okay, these are my values. This is what I want to do for work. This is the kind of life I want to have. This is how I'm going to make that happen. And the, the, the ego is where all of that is born or at least um, sort of transacted, Right. The creation of a resume and how you show yourself... Uh, you know—you have to have a self-image to do a job interview well, unless you're interviewing to be a Zen monk or something. Right? <laughs> they want to know, tell me about yourself. And if you have nothing to say about yourself because you're so free of your self-image, you're probably not going to get that job. right? You need a self-image. Having a self-image is important. What kinds of things do you like to do, the woman asks you on your first date? You know? You ha- you're, you're, we're supposed to be able to look at ourselves and talk about our personality, right? That's all ego phase development. And again, it's, it's, I think it's really important to see the positives of it, the, the, the light side of it, because in so much misinterpretation of um, transcendental philosophy, the ego gets so vilified, like it's something that has to be stamped out, first of all, that it's even a thing you know, that, that could be stamped out. It's not a thing. It's a process. It's a, it's a verb more than it is a noun. And that I think that the ego will not be able to deconstruct or let go or surrender. If you can't honor all of the good of it, you know, what you resist persists so that your, our egos are what have gotten us to where we are today. And it will not get us where we want to go tomorrow, depending on what you want, of course. But it seems to me it's intrinsic in life somehow. It's somehow by design that there's this final phase of maturation that most of us don't see. It's not talked about in any kind of mainstream way. And that is the maturing beyond ego. That is a letting go of one's personality. A holding of one's beliefs, values, opinions in a much looser way, being able to get along with more kinds of people, not suffering over, uh, not getting what one wants, because that's—I mean—that that's the sort of trip, the 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 hook of ego—is this this individual sense of power that we develop. It's so seductive, right? And, and you know, in the Tony Robbins sort of paradigms of the world, the personal power development, it's like, focus your intention and be clear and do this work and you can have whatever you want, right? And this is extremely seductive to the ego and extremely necessary. And there's truth to it, right? Planning and goals and hard work and all of that. It's it's a necessary phase, <clears throat> but what you usually find is at a certain point, either of two things happens. Either you find that that focus, that intention, that hard work doesn't get you where you want to go, or perhaps worse, it does get you where you want to get to, and you realize you're still miserable, right? So the joke is sort of on us because what you realize in the end is actually that the ego is not capable of fulfilling you. That's been the promise all along, right? It's like that the, the egoic ass, the individualistic aspect that we actually know what we want and how to get it. And I think it's part of the maturation process is to, cause no one can just, no one can tell you that. You have to experience that. You go after those things. And in the, like I say, in the thrival mode, that's entirely useful and necessary. Go after those things. Go get what you think you want. Marry the kind of person you think you want to marry. And then you'll find out, right? How wrong you were. And and you will learn more from that pain than reading every book in the world, right? It's totally necessary. And then I think that happens enough times where we start to get this self-reflective sort of meta where we go, hmm, some part of me keeps steering me in the wrong directions. And that's a key moment, I think, in the, the, the maturation out of ego where we start to healthily mistrust ourselves and realize that something's actually not working. And that's the beginning of a letting go, the beginning of surrender, the beginning of of a beginning. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do.